Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Today, we are joined by the team from True Social Equity and Cannabis. We're going to be talking about can the cannabis industry's favorite buzzword, social equity, but specifically in Illinois. So let's just get right into it. Hey, Tom, Nikki, and Anna Rose, thanks for joining us today. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hopefully, thanks some more people on. will jump on in with me, too. <laughs> I'm sure they will, man. Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself and talk about your organization? For sure. Uh, my name is Anna Rose E. E. Epstein. Um, I'm the director of True Social Equity in Cannabis. Um, we're on Instagram and YouTube. Um, yeah, I applied for a license, uh, two licenses with two different groups, um, and were obviously really upset about what went down. And so I, I, you know, the week that we got this very general email. Um, that was like, click this link to see who received a dispensary license. Um, I was very emotional. Um, I had gotten into an argument with some people on Facebook just about, you know, I was trying to communicate how upsetting this was and they really didn't care. Um, and so it, it, it kind of just made me go, okay, who, who cares? Let me figure out who cares. And so... Yeah. Uh, I found Ricky, who's a former alderman and senator, and he had he had done two press conferences on the subject. And so I was like, please let me know what you're doing next. Um, he had two or three other other press conferences and which I attended and they were actually in front of KPMG. Um, oh, wow. That's yes, awesome. To yeah. really shed shed light uh, on what happened there? <laughs> what, what well, happened? again, this, no, this is this is our own fault for not doing what Michigan did. Michigan has a two-step system where it's open, and then they have municipal control. So if they want you in their town, you can come to their town. Uh, and so when you have this type of thing where a KPMG is literally picking winners and losers, uh, this is America. 
Well, and this they, isn't Russia. They put the they put the job onto a Florida college. They didn't even do the oversight that they should have done. They hired out students wow. or former students to grade these applications that we hired lawyers to help us write because they were so And they intense. charged you tens of thousands of dollars to oh, do yeah. it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, it, back, back, back to the grading situation there. Like, like, like we're saying grading, like there's actually a pre-issue of knowledge base. There's not, right? The grading is more like, remember those board games where it's pop-o-matic trouble and there's a dice under a popper? And so like you would get different things. And so like the same app twice, two different scores. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So we were specifically, well, he, Ricky specifically wanted to focus on uh, KPMG and protests or demonstrating in front of them. And um, that was really great. But I was just noticing that the news was not covering it. They yeah. they weren't. And if they were, they weren't really going deep into it. And they, and, and most citizens don't really know what's going on and don't understand it, nor do they care because they didn't put $100,000 into it. Um, but they don't really understand the larger aspect of what is going on in the community throughout the country and, and the world right now. Yeah, I think. Yeah. No, totally. There's an ignorant ignorance out there where, where the, the consumer, like here in Washington State, we, we legalized it rec recreationally. But when it was medical, you know, there was this whole culture of people that existed and, and, and consumed a, a shit ton of cannabis and no one gave no Fs. But when you make it recreational and, and now it seemed like the culture part got lost, but it's still there. It's still there. There's still people fighting. You know, the shit's not perfect. It's not right. None of it's right. Well, I yeah, think there, there's no reason in the world there should be 75 dispensaries in the entire effing state when De De Detroit has 75 dispensary licenses for retail. I think that there's some issues that went on with medical um, from the very start that is messed up and, and is not for true social, true social equity. Um, yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have gotten into the medical cannabis industry five years ago. I didn't have 250 K to apply for a license. Or but I'm tens of millions of dollars to bleed until you could monopolize this year. And you believe that the people that have made it to now give two craps I mean, didn't, wasn't it interesting that none of Cresco's incubator applicants made it? Oh, and yeah. I actually have I um, in, interviewed two of them on my uh, my five-minute piece on the page. And they, <laughs> one of them was, um, you know, talking smack about the location that they have in Wrigleyville. They have three different locations in Wrigleyville within, oh, a, wow. um, like, a block away from each other how is that how is that possible we there's not monopoly we also <laughs> just went to uh cresco um downtown and mocha which is a which is a five minute walk they were to they told us that there wasn't going to be any dispensaries downtown and what is that i mean suppose that's not downtown in their view it's it's downtown i'm yeah. really trying not to cuss because i'm so angry about this no it's hard it's well, you can swear uh, swearing is is a, provided that swears are spaced out every five minutes they they don't really hit the algorithm too much. And if we don't okay. do too much on scene consumption, but we got a bumper for that now. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, you know, Ricky's group. So, so I, I started, I also have a, a theater and film background. And so I said, you know, if the, um, if there, if the media is not going to actually be, you know, documenting this, what is going on? Because we are out there in COVID demonstrating in front of these places because this is not right and this is going to affect us 
us, all of us, the community throughout the world, throughout the country for years to come. But it, it already has. Uh, like, in my opinion, like, I've been watching your guys' Instagram, and I really enjoy watching the protests. And I, I didn't like know to that say was... you gays, not you guys, just because oh. it's, you know, messing I'm... with the gender norms. It, 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 <laughs> I get it. But, like, overall, like, your guys' protests, it re the George Floyd stuff because that's what's going on here with social equity is, you know, it took eight minutes and 46 seconds to fucking piss off the nation, right? But when you have people behind bars still serving time, you know, this is black, white, Asian, man, woman, everybody, you have people still serving time. Like, this is part of, like, when people worry about uh, big corporate cannabis, I'm not worried about that because the big corporate people don't want to go to jail. So that means they'll free the people that are already locked up. We've been doing hard time, but but the bigger issue too is like it's like right now with this bullshit with Trump and, and the denial with the like the election, right? That new Jim Crow caucus bullshit coming up right now. Right? We got a bunch okay. of people who are denying this inevitable truth that's gonna happen, right? This is why Georgia's so important, because if we get Georgia, we might actually have real change and real social equity where everybody gets a chance because that's the whole freaking American dream. Yeah. If you're tuning in, don't forget to text somebody from Georgia. If you know them, be like, you voted, right? Uh, well, don't forget to. Come on. We need you. And then uh, yeah. give us a thumbs up. And, and thanks for joining us on another episode on the Sunday of Cannabis Legalization News, where, of course, we get a little bit more angry because it is our activism show. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, I started documenting and um, and then there was kind of a lull because Ricky, he's also known as... Um, um, Ricky, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, Ricky, cause he makes music as well. Check out yeah. his, his stuff. He's got a video that's like Rona money right now. It's really fun. Um, and so he, he kind of took a break to deal with his music stuff and it was getting cold and he's like, you know, almost in his seventies. So like, I get it. It's COVID times. But, um, so I heard, I, I started, I decided to start this page um, cause I had asked like seen social equity, um, uh, empowerment network who, um, hopefully will be joining us soon if they would be down for hosting the video that I had made. Um, but you know, they're a nonprofit, uh, company and it takes nonprofits a long time to decide on things. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to make this separate page so that I can be in control. Uh, cause I'm a little bit of a control freak. Um, you but the <laughs> But the message is uh, the people, you know, if yeah. you've noticed, like, I'm not really on the page very much. I, I'm I really am like trying to well, I'm trying to help with three different things. But how many of the people were there? There was like over 800 teams and 900, out of 900 over 900 teams. I mean, like just to get a final count took a while. And like, I still don't know what the counts are on any of the Department of Agriculture applications. Don't. Right. I have no idea how many people applied for a craft grow. And so all this kerfuffle right now is about dispensaries only with the social equity crap. Uh, it has nothing to do with this whole other slate of licenses that are going to be here next spring or something. Right. Which is weird because the transportation license was supposed to be a yes or no. So why haven't they given that one out? What, like, what are what? they going to transport? I mean, sure. Yes. But that hmm. should be decided on. That should be decided by the company that applied for the license yeah. they were told that they got they should get a yes or a no how is it not how is it difficult to get a yes or a no it doesn't make any sense the the stop on what's going on right now and blaming it on covid is obviously a lie 
There's so many things. Look at y'all show. You've been able to, to do so much just on Zoom. So many people, there's theater companies that are running on Zoom. There are nonprofits, like so many people are able to make decisions probably easier mm -hmm. on Zoom. And yet yeah. they have decided, and let's name it for what it is, because from what I'm told, it's JP Pritzker that has decided that everything is on hold. And that's a bunch of bullshit. Really? That's the same governor who just did a bunch of uh, 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 races. Speaking of Social Equity Empowerment Network, it looks like Vitoria Herring might be able to join us. Vitoria, can you hear Yay. us? Hello, 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 everyone. How are you? Hopefully, you guys can hear me clearly. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, so I was just talking about how um, Ricky took a break. So then I heard on my the Instagram page um, that Tyrone Muhammad's group, um, ex cons for social justice and empowerment, were at. Um, Sunnyside in Wrigleyville demonstrating. That's that's his word, demonstration. He doesn't like to protest. And I was like, oh my God, thank goodness, because this is what Ricky and I wanted to start doing but just hadn't done yet. And he started doing it and I contacted him right away. He got back to me. He has a show on Tuesdays at seven, um, a radio show that's really great. And uh, he had me on to like talk more about the application process. And him and his partner, Michael, basically said, Girl, you know you didn't have a chance. Yeah. You you got scammed, and I'm like, oh, I know. It. No, my I got a poor that they should have been in the lottery. They totally got scammed. They got homeschooled or like home hometown. I kind of sold them because like they're some operators from one of the coasts, and so like that operator from the coast coming in. No, it wasn't Illinois enough. And for some reason, that was one of the lawsuits that's out there with the social equity veterans that for some reason were just completely disqualified. There was like 70 of them or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Tyrone, um, he he and I just like hit the ground running and he's got a posse like anywhere he goes. He's got like 40 dudes and they're all so kind and they just want to get back to the community. They're, um, you know, they're really great. So we hit up like um five four or five different dispensaries um just demonstrating in front of them getting the word out and then scene um decided to put theirs together um this past week so um Victoria, awesome. do you want to talk yeah. about that <laughs> definitely you know uh, i actually am a social equity applicant myself as well and have been in the business financial world for over 20 years in the cannabis industry as well as a consultant um i I currently sit on the board of Social Equity Empowerment Network called SEEN, and we are a trade association for um, social equity applicants trying to enter into the Illinois market. And we wanted to hold a rally because of our disgust with what's happening within the Illinois market right now. You know, it's 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 a shame that that the system that they created wasn't really intended for the social equity that they tried to institute. Social equity has now just become almost kind of like craft cheese or real cheese, which is just a brand and not really real cheese, if you ask yeah. me. Um, and and so we decided to hold a demonstration on um, New Year's Eve because it marked the first year of Illinois opening um, the legalizing for cannabis and Illinois made a billion dollars for 2020 and there has still been no minorities or equity given to minorities uh, in Illinois a year later. And this is the only thing that happened in Illinois, a whole year, consolidation. 
So the rich made a lot freaking more and got a lot freaking bigger. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, you know, um, with them making all the delays that, that occurred, they were still able to open up, uh, you know, oh, and, yeah. and continue shops. However, the minorities and social equity people have still been on hold. And we are still here at this very moment. So, you know, it, demonstrations have to happen. We, we now have to actually have to get more people involved so that, so that Where our voices are can be heard. Seriously, there's not even a rescore. And so here's my, my um, uh, I was a bank litigator for many years. And so like, I'd have to follow cheats and, and uh, people that would just take millions of dollars from their money, basically Donald Trump. So I had to follow Donald Trump around and sue that person very often to get the bank stuff back. Um, and so it just kind of strikes me as that, because I just don't see where uh, my thought process went. I need to keep notes on this. <laughs> But, you know, we, Illinois' uh, social equity looks good on paper. Like, in Washington State, we talked about your guys' I don't uh, think it looks good on paper. Well, the fact that they even put money aside, that's like, like that. It doesn't matter. If you put money aside, but you can't get a license, it doesn't matter. It looks good, but nothing has happened. Because we. (laughs) I try to reference you guys in here in Washington State. We're just doing it. We're just having a conversation about it now. We're not even fucking doing a thing. We're just having a conversation. Hey, but you might have 26 social equity license coming there. But that's that's what it was. It was my my skeptical nature is that 10-day notice stuff, the rescore. That rescore ain't starting until the executive order for the disaster relief that he renews coming up on January 9th. He's going to renew it and he's going to renew it every freaking month until he's done with it. Uh, I bet that uh, 10 day notice rescore isn't going to happen until after the, uh, the the disaster proclamation executive order, whatever number we're on now. Uh, I think we're on 75, right? We're on the executive order um, 75. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there could have just been an executive order in order to deal with all of this in the first dang place instead of trying to hide behind COVID. You know, at the end of the day, this whole lottery is, is, is a scam. Um, the lottery doesn't even include the minorities that are in there. And, and, and it, to, to me, in order to even have the lottery, you should just do away with it all together. Get the rescoring that. Yeah. that needs to happen and put the and put actually minorities in place to have equity ownership beyond that we also have to deal with the 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 um legislation to change the already standing crta it is a problem that's already there we have to deal with it we can't just you know run through it and just say put the lottery in and let those people go without dealing with the issues at hand with the legislation yeah i mean I, I brought up this crazy idea. I don't think it's crazy, but, um, you know, let me hear what y'all think that it, you know, 900 groups applied. Um, these 21 companies supposedly had these perfect scores. Um, we're taking the 75 licenses and then 2021 end of the year is going to be around any minute now. Take those 75 licenses, got 150 licenses minus give 21 of those, comp- the, the 21 companies, one license each. We have 28, 128 more licenses or something like that. Divide that by 900 groups, then six to seven groups each have one license that they can share. We can collaborate and everyone wins. Now, I realize this is a crazy thing and not a lot of people are going to agree with it. And um, maybe we don't let every single group get a license because not everyone probably knows what they're doing. So let's give people that got 85%. I don't, I don't think the government, 
the government shouldn't be telling these businesses how to run. That's their job. And so like, I like what Michigan does. You get a prequal from the state of Illinois. Oh, you would like to be a social equity applicant? Okay, thank you. Oh, you've been pre-qualified by that. Like, and then it's still going to be the same type of, like, if we're trying to go for a Detroit legacy license, for example, we're still going to need a lot of that uh, narrative that you paid so much for. It's not going to be uh, as detailed and as complex and trying to maximize and trick out all the points. That game is not going to happen. And then after you're pre-qualified, you have to have a location. You have two years to find that location. And then you have to let the municipality let you in. And so a lot of these people that are out there going out and doing that community outreach and in their plans have, you know, looped the community in there on their boards. They have charitable contributions they've put into their budgets. If they want to let them, let them. But that still doesn't allow for small business. And that's not okay. People who are in the cannabis industry think that you have to have these millions of dollars to get into the industry. Oh, we might have Tyrone. Um, we, so, uh, God, what was I saying? So it, it's made, it's made to, the industry is made to believe that you need all these millions of dollars to get into the industry. It doesn't make sense. You know, I'm a, I'm a massage therapist. I'm an energy worker. I want to be able to provide medicine to my clients when they're on my table. Why should I have to go through all of this craziness to have a dispensary when it, it doesn't make sense how any of it is working? And I until we address those things as well and just say, oh, let's like, just, let's just talk about this one issue and then fix that. And then like, maybe we'll, we'll go back and fix the other issue. Like that doesn't work. That's why everyone wants to break down the government right now is the government doesn't work and they want to break it down. And, and we can fix this if we and, just think outside the box. And Tom, to go back to what you said about Detroit and, and, and the social equity, um, pre-call that 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 seems like a, a good option but then we really have to define what it is we mean by social equity right that's the thing that got illinois hung up from the first place is how they defined social equity the guy has this and what huge loophole for rich redefined. people exactly. huge loophole for rich people <laughs> huge huge and people that are not even minorities or have been affected by the war on drugs let's talk about it right well There's the minority aspect is people that aren't, aren't actually the, I, I talked to the, the yeah. Well, but the, the whole minority aspect of that, they, they, I talked to the legislatures about that. They were just sensitive about the 14th Amendment, where we're not really allowed to have any types of laws that makes any prejudice about anybody's race. And so they made it about the arrest, knowing that the arrest data uh, is disproportionately impact the, the black and brown people. In addition to this whole expungement, you know, thing that they're trying to do, you know, the, the, the administrative part just it just with the expungements period is on backlog and held up. So even though people have the expungements that they're talking about, at the end of the day, they're still held up in this process and they still have yeah. no avenue in order to have real equity or to even work in these corporations of people. Let's say we get people, these minorities that then get these licenses, they still can't even hire ex-cons because, uh, because of the law. So those are things that still have to be changed. Yep. And the expungements, I'm going to go on a, a Tyrone tangent because he hasn't been able to join us yet. That's not enough. Expungement is not enough. It's um, not. You know, if you're going to put people in jail for for multiple years or even months, 
their whole life. You're going to screw up their whole life. Tyrone was in yeah. the jail for 21 years. And, and you know, he's saying he he's been saying that cannabis is a gateway drug. And I've been going, no, it is not a gateway drug. Stop saying that. But he has a point as far as selling. When you're on the street selling cannabis, trying to make a living because you can't find another job, of course, you're going to sell the other thing that comes into the community that needs to be sold so that you can make money. So then you have that on your wrap as well. So it's a gateway drug in that sense of like trying to make money. Um, So I I know I'm kind of too, but like, I, I don't have that scenario in my um, body. Mm -hmm. So I have to rely on what people that are, that have had that experience. Well, I did the same thing. I used to sell weed and then I would sell, uh, mushrooms, acid. I mean, I, I drew my own line, you know, like I wouldn't sell heroin or cocaine. I mean, that's an individual's, you know, and again, the drug war is a misguided bullshit fucking, excuse me, uh, just not, it's not helping anything. It's not changing anything. It's not making a difference, but if we can get this more act through, we can have responsible, uh, uh, perhaps perception on how alcohol versus marijuana versus, uh, ecstasy eating cocaine, you know, like it's, we'll go beyond that. But right now we're in pure ignorance and, and all this, like, it's like a shell game. Everybody, they keep moving things around on us. And, and that's part of the problem because as we're all getting pissed off at different things, there's still the one issue. It is we're all going to jail for goddamn weed. Uh, what's the one town in Indiana that, uh, uh did reparations though. They actually made a law saying, okay, we're going to have a cannabis store. And all the all the uh, revenue from this uh, or the uh, taxing is going to go towards uh, reparations. What town was that? I've never heard of that. I mean, if if it's about Indiana, like okay, Illinois. Sorry. You know, they might have said that that was going to happen, but did they actually do it? That's the question because Illinois has that same thing. They have the R three two. I can't remember what it is. The program. Yeah, the R three program. They're supposed to give back to um to to. this is where Tyrone would have known exactly what to say <laughs> to the community. The um, basically there are people coming. Three funds out. are supposed to fund and go to the communities um, that have been disenfranchised. However, yeah. where is the money? We're not getting yeah, the money. The money hasn't been given to us as far as far as the R three grants that have been given as well. And you how know? much money has been generated? Because it's been a lot of sales, billion dollars. So that money needs to be in a pot somewhere, right? Marked R3. And then as soon as that disaster area distinction is is uh, dissolved by the, the governor when everybody gets their COVID shots, great. That would be awesome. But like, is the money there? Because you don't need the money until you get the license, but you hope that they're depositing the money. Right. And are they taking it for other things? And yeah. who, who is liable for you that? You have to follow the money because when you look at what the taxes, the taxes are going to, they're going to fund the police that are the same people that are doing the raids and putting people in jail for being yeah. able to legally sell cannabis, you yeah. know, that, that, that are unable to do so, whether it's on the street or whether it's in the corporate, in the corporate monopolized industry that, 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 that we're excluded from. Um, at the yeah. end of the day, there needs to be a fund that is managed for us by us. Um, social equity people that are minorities that have been disenfranchised and affected by the war on drugs that we're able to then, you know, manage ourselves and generate within our communities, first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. So the our so po- true. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the, so the true social equity page, what uh, in cannabis, what I've what I've found, because I'm really there as a support system for 
for social equity people. Um, I want to uplift in any way that I can and, and document the process. And um, so I've had former employees from large corporations reach out to me um, asking for help and wanting to, um, to, to talk. And so I have demands from them. Um, and they're simple, easy demands that should have already been implemented. And who the frick knows why they have not been. Um, I'd like to just say them. So, um, <laughs> you know, they've been, people have been fired for asking for a union that is ridiculous and it's illegal. There, and there's methods. We've, we've done shows on that. We had a, one of the guys that was at a GTI facility and then the, we went over the methods and cause like, again, like I used to work for the man, I was a man's lawyer. And, uh, and what you do is you just start hiring a whole bunch of people and you start moving them around because then you can't, you get the, uh, the quorum that they're going to need to actually, uh, cause like, you know, GTI, how many, how many dispensaries do they have in that uh, little area? Oh, no, we're transferring you to that store. You know, uh, they could yeah, be doing and then you can't get there. So and at the end of the day, let's talk about it. I mean, even with the unions, the unions are, are, are not really benefiting the community and putting money back to, to, to where it goes. And the people that are in charge of these unions are not people of color. Victoria, yeah, so. I was like, like, what do you see, like, for, like, the funding? Like, how can we get that resolution? Where... Who can, how can people contact, at least in your state, like who can they reach out to? What direction do you think that we should be looking at? Well, at least for us, you know, like I said, there are a lot of um, advocacy organizations that are out there that are advocating and fighting for the legislation to be changed as far as people, um, as far as black and brown people trying to enter into this this, this legalized monopoly that's there. We can't do anything about about the NSOs that are there, but what we can do is is make sure that we have an avenue for us to be able to also be in the rooms with them, and not as workers Absolutely. that the the, the the whole slave and clause, but actually as owners, equity owners that are there. You know, now is the time to 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 find your politicians and talk to them and raise hell with them and let them know that, that you disagree with what's happening. Join these other organizations like social equity empowerment network that's out here advocating and lobbying for legislation and times to be able to participate as far as ownerships and for licenses to be rescored properly and to end this whole um, lottery BS that, that, that they have going on and just give us these licenses. Um, in addition to, um, you know, don't give up, you know, there's avenues that you can still get into this industry. It doesn't necessarily have to be licenses. There are a lot of ancillary avenues that people are still able to join in and make money in um, yeah. that, that, that are still, still growing. Let's know? legislate the change because, uh, again, these are only we've only, made 70, we've only made 75 mistakes so far in the state of Illinois with 13 million people. We should have about 2000 licenses if we're going to have an adequate supply, my opinion. Uh, Which and is that's, why we're in a deficit for demand right now. You know what I mean? Like for, for supply right now. They started incorrectly in the first place. Who started? And I think we need another 2,000 cultivation. Because of the an unlimited cultivation number. And then you have a micro license where you can come in like 150 plants or something that you can reasonably build for $450,000. You know? Well, the thing right. is they definitely need to up the, the cannabis space first and foremost. I right. mean, we can't really compete with these multi-state operators who cares if you if you're in the room and you have yeah but i mean like i've priced those out like a, a fully a fully a fully canopied uh craft grow is a 25 to 30 million dollar business that's a big business mm -hmm. you know i mean it's not it's not it's not cresco it's not like one point whatever billion and that's Correct. one of the reasons why like and uh, you're talking about monopolizing 
But then the, 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 the cultivation would be handled very often by brands and then licensing. And so like you would have a grower licensed to a particular brand. That's how they're doing it in California. And they just have a whole bunch of growers. Like the ideal market, I think it'd be like, just like, okay, I got my license. I'm going to grow a seed. This is my farm. But it doesn't work that way with the recreational market and why the overhead's so damn high. You know, uh, You'll be behind the legal teams and all the other stuff. Like, like Anna, you were saying, like, why is it so high to get into recreational? Like, it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. Like, in Washington State, when it was medical here, and that's the other thing. We're going we're going against perception. Like, people have to have this regulation. There has to be regulation. But what the, does regulation mean? Children, Miggy. Because people, people aren't following it. Because I've been hearing that large corporations are still putting out moldy weed. They don't care if it falls on the floor. They're putting out the price. It's this is this is talk about um, this is a this is a industry where you can put anything on anything out and the customers will just buy it anyway is what I'm being told that these corporations are thinking and that there's they're all about boys club. They're all about the bottom line. They don't care about the community, which is a com and they don't care about the people yeah. selling for them or their clients. It's the complete opposite of what cannabis is. Cannabis is a healing product. Cannabis helps people with PTSD, with inflammatory issues, with, you know, cancer. Like, it's ridiculous. And, I, you know, I've stayed out of this fight for a long time because um, I've been doing my own thing. But I decided to get into it. I decided If to you're going give... to free the plant, you have to free the people. Period, yeah. period, period. And, the, and companies it. that are in this industry need to know that. And they need to make a fucking change right now and right. we're gonna we're gonna demand that they put in their money into the community um i have demands right here and um i have structured four different committees that they need to implement that includes incorporating um nonprofit organizations that care about true social equity to make decisions not they they don't make the decisions they give the money we make the decisions and we make the stuff happen yeah, no, I really like uh, how New Jersey carved up their tax dollar. They were very clear. I think we we were clear, but not clear enough. Um, it's important that you know the the plant and then the change of this law has the ability to not only fix the problems that the law the law caused problems. I mean, that's and if people aren't gonna, willing to admit that, that just shows that this general uh, ignorance of the plant that's out there uh, amongst a lot of conservatives, the people that haven't done it because it is illegal. Uh, the people that haven't done it because it is illegal, it's, it's, a, it's a large amount of people. And then there's people that have done it, but don't want, any, don't want to get in any trouble because it's illegal. And that's, that's another larger amount of people. So like until everyday people really just start standing up for you know, what, what's the right thing to do and, yeah. and fix the way that we handle and regulate this plant that can help so many of us Right. It's just going to be uh, shenanigans. And the traditional market are really the people that have been helping with the, the stigma of this plant for years. It's not these corporations that saw the green rush and decided to get in on it. A lot of these people that own um, these huge corporations before thought thought that the plant was a horrible plant and that it was illegal and then they saw the money in their eyes and yeah. realized they can make some money off it. That is not who should be owning any of these licenses. No, it, it, no, it, it, it should be the people that were directly affected by the war on yeah. drugs. You know, it, 
the way that they want to hide behind reparations. And, and if you ask me, that is not anything for reparations or anything to do with reparations, but it does have something to do with the war on drugs. And until we deal with that and demystify all of the bullshit that they have been spun out there, that they have purposefully tried to exclude black people from um, and, and brown people from that have been affected by this war. And that we're the ones that locked up. And even still today, we are most likely to be locked up because of cannabis than these other people that are out here being able to legally sell it and be legal dope dealers. Well, yep. every board looks mighty white, pretty much. Like every freaking big, you know, and, and, and you can get the board about, that I sent us in the Slack channel yesterday. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, it, it's like for you guys with, with medical. When medical started out there, you had major players, right? Cresco, it wasn't like there was a medical culture like here in Washington and then even California and Oregon, like in the West Coast. It was about the people with the medical and we became, you know, we started like the store, like someone created a store, someone created a grill. I have a medical license. That's it. I'm a medical. Like that was it. That was the bar was your hundred dollar prescription or whatever price was. And then you guys started off with, we're going to have companies and to top it off. I know you guys are like cannabis. People are all, you know, it's not one big happy drum circle, right? Like even though Cresco, even though they're, they're, they're assholes because they're not against, they're against home grow. You know, they're, they're, you know, that's a fundamental part of legalization right there. But like, it's still better than it was, and, but we need better period. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, we need, we need more transparency. We need more yeah. transparency. And the, um, from, you know, I'm really new to, um, government stuff. I I've tried to ignore the government, obviously most of my life, because I think all of what they say is bullshit and untrue and they rewrite history incorrectly. Um, but I'm trying to understand it more because I really care about cannabis and it being, um, implemented correctly. And from my understanding, the trailer bill has to be put the trailer bill, which is, um, um, to change some some laws within what we can do for these next rounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to be going up in January. So that has to be put out by J.B. Pritzker and his affiliates communicate with whoever they want to to determine what that looks like. I want to know who are they talking to because it ain't me and because I got opinions and where is that trailer bill? What does it look like right now yeah. so that the community, the people that care about it can can put our two cents in and say, yeah, no, this ain't right. We need to do it this way because these people in governance, they don't understand how to think outside of the box. They don't understand how to how to incorporate the community and in, in these law, laws that they're putting together. And so they might as well just be more transparent and let us help instead of bitching after the fact, because that's what's going to happen. We're not going to well, be and, happy. With and that's the is. benefit. And that's the benefit of having a trade association and be at the helm of something like that, that is that 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 is there in order to share resources and to provide yeah. advocacy and to have programs in order to help its members be able to be, have viable corporations that can actually have um, licenses and, and, and be able to sustain their business. There's a lot of states that are opening up that don't even understand the benefit of why they even need a social equity trade association involved. You know, when you think of places like Arizona and New Jersey and, and other states that are opening up, you know, you go into it and you're thinking like, oh, I got my good business partners. I know who I'm going to work with and our application is going to be great. 
And then you realize the fuckery that comes along with, with these with these states that are then rolling out these programs that have no idea what they're doing because they have people that are that that are that are making decisions that have no idea about cannabis at all. And if exactly. they actually were willing to consult an organization that was for us, by us, that is knowledgeable about social equity, that is knowledgeable about cannabis, that is knowledgeable about business, then then things could actually be set up correctly from the beginning. And then we could all be able to have a cohesive ecosystem within this war on drugs that we're all fighting in the first goddamn place. Yeah, but like, again, as these new markets come up, they're going to probably turn to this Cannabis Regular Regulators Association. So there's this new Cannabis Regulators Association. Here's their board. It's uh, who got to determine that? That's uh, that's their board. It's it's just it's just five white guys. I can't. So I, I can't. Their, their Is it just a nonprofit they started and they've and they're trying to it's, it's be their a regulator no, of everything? It's, it's, it's uh, 19 states, 19 legal states. So they have people uh, from all of these states to try to harmonize uh, regulation. Their mission is safeguarding public he public health and safety. The number oh two, God. and the they're a national president. organization. Yeah, yeah, all these nineteen states. Yeah. These, it's the Norman. definitely put them on our radar so that yeah. so 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 that, so that they can. So you have the Iowa, Hawaii, too. Georgia. Let's see here. We have a. This one sounds like a Lori Dodson. That's that's a, a no. Lori. Until I see women on that board and people of color, the equivalent of the same amount of white men, that organization is a joke to me. Well, it's one hundred percent. They took leaders from each other state. That guy Rick Garza, he's part of the board that controls my shit here, and he's horrible. Like he's like a police. We, this is the problem with the cannabis legalization, right? We're gonna have all these assholes who don't have any understanding, and this is why it's important for you guys to have these your network. Regulators, like these are the guys that are regulating it. So, like you know, they. I'm hoping they're right. trying, they want to get it right. Because most public servants, I don't, I think most public servants are more Leslie Nope and less Ron Swanson. I could be wrong. Do you think, you know, uh, you, know, know you don't think regulators are uh, maybe being bought out and <laughs> allowing this bad they're weed to go on? They're all getting their pockets laid. They're all getting their pockets laid, which is why they're willing to take crumbs in order to pacify the social equity people and we're not taking it any longer and we're nope. not we're not standing for it if it's not real social equity if it's not real equity for black people if it's not people that have been incarcerated that have access in order to even have ownership we ain't taking for it we're we're we're, 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 we're just not going to take it things really have to change and it has to start here in illinois because we're the state that people are looking at and that they're adopting other measures from us and our policies and if we don't get it right ain't nobody else gonna get it right yep yeah. Uh, that's, I, I really like the idea of a prequel where like we just all had to because it was about one year ago yesterday, January the 2nd, the last day. And I'm sure it was a big, long line down at the Thompson Center a whole year ago. We didn't ha know what shit laid in 2020's future. Uh, and uh, we all uh, applied and, and put in those applications. And Did you, you apply for a license also, Tom? No, I, I helped about seven or 18. Oh, okay. And so I was just their counselor. Okay. Um you know, helping them put Did it any all. Any of your groups are they? In uh, I worked with two winners uh, so far, and then one of them didn't get in. And I'm like, I don't know. I think, I think you got hometown. I think you got hometown. I think if you would have been operating these in Chicago and and not on the West Coast, I'm saying, you know. It looks like Tyrone was able to join in. Tyrone, oh, can yeah. you hear us? What's yes. up? How you all doing? Now we got some the all the true social equity peeps. Right on. How's everybody out there? Good. Hello. 
Hi, everybody. How's everyone in no equity land? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Tyrone. Why don't you introduce yourself as well to the audience? Well, of course, um, I'm Tyrone Muhammad, uh, Executive Director of XCONS for Community and Social Change. That's E-C-C-S-C. Um, I've served 21 years in prison. And after watching for so long the, the disinvestment and all the disenfranchisement that is our community, and as you all know, the war on drugs, uh, Reagan, 82 war on drug, and the, and the 94 Clinton crime bill, is the, is the, um, the policies that created the blight and the ill that is our community. And all those was, and, and that started by way of um, marijuana sales and distribution at the time. So that then morphs into uh, can't that then uh, morphs into cocaine, or as y'all know, crack cocaine, and and heroin, and then from that it increase uh, in order to maintain our weed and drug territory, we have to get into pistol play and gun play. Mind you, none of these things are produced by my community. No no weed is grown in my community. Cocaine, heroin, extended clip, bullets, Smith & Weston is not manufactured in impoverished communities. So um, after watching all these things, I decided, you know, it's, it's going to take us to save us, which is the motto of uh, ECCSC, uh, because, uh, and I often say, Black pastors and politicians has marginalized our future and sold our communities out to the highest bidder. So there's nothing left for our sons, our daughters, our community, but drug sales and distribution and crime and, and, and all of the, and the likes. So with that being said, I'm, I'm only here to shine the light, put the onus on those people who claim to be about equity and inclusion to say that it is our communities that has been most affected by the by the war on drugs, and yet we see no resources as it relates to tax dollars, as it relates to these companies like the Cresco, Pharmacan, Verano, and who else, TGI, giving back significantly to improve the condition of our community. Honestly, I really don't care about weed or none of that. I never smoked or drank in my life. So I've never had those issues and problems and our people and often our people with issues and illnesses, they need the cannabis to help them through that. But I never had. Uh, you have um, enough energy, Tyrone. Exactly. <laughs> so, so if, oh, yeah, no, but really that would be great if you said none of that stuff was made there. What if your community had a farm and they could have their own brand of cannabis and they could oh, buy that at their own dispensary that's community no, owned? That's the only reason I'm in it because we have to. If you're really serious about changing and creating the the the, um, the legislation, first of all, every equity company, and I and uh, Anna tell you how I feel about this. If ex felons aren't the first ones to hold license that was victimized by the war on drugs, no one should hold one first. If we don't hold a license first. And the laws don't fit or don't change to whereas all you give us is expungement with no repair or no reparation to deal with the crimes against our community 
and the injustice against our community, then everybody who say they are about equity uh, uh, in our mind is lying. Because if we don't have equity, then no one should have equity. Since we served the time, we was victimized by policing and, and all of that stuff, then we should be the first ones in line for equity and inclusion, not rich white men for sure. Right. And, <laughs> and since there are already licenses out um, and, and Tyrone's group wasn't able to apply, then those corporations that are currently making $100,000 a day should be giving back to organizations like Tyrone. He should be getting contracts with them right now stating how much they're going to give him monthly to do what he is already doing in the community, which is he is out there every day stopping crime, stopping, you know, women being carjacked. You know, you, Tyro, you tell him. You, you and let's it. be clear. <laughs> Since I've been out uh, of prison for three years, I've been out of prison and I went straight to work understanding that I'm not phoning. Our organization is predicated on the fact that we take personal responsibility for the ills our hands has caused our community. So we're not pointing the finger at, at, at the um, the systematic bullshit. We only we point the finger at our own selves for allowing ourselves to be the terrorizers, the uh the disrespectors and the bruisers of our own community. So we take personal responsibility. So with that being said, you would think that would be the model by which any company would want to line up with. You would think that would be the model by which any uh, uh, legislator, politician will want to side with to say, hey, this is what being a formerly, this is what being an ex-con look like. This is what being, what reform looked like. This is what true reformation looked like. When these men can come out and pull themselves up by their own bootstraps with no boots, mind you, and, and, and get to the get to the business of serving the community. Today, we probably stopped over 200 shootings in Chicago in two years. I've been able to put over 250 formerly incarcerated brothers to work, and, and, and I mentor over 80 at-risk youth from ages 18 to 27. So you've been helping them with their emotional intelligence, intelligence I mean, behavior modification therapy, uh, 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 stuff that they should have provided in jail. Right. But that, that's that's great. It sounds like one of the R3 uh, applicants that reached out to me and I did a little pro bono consultant on that for him. He had this great idea, rap sheets to resumes, and he was trying to get that grant money from the R3 to set up something just like that. Working with people after they've gotten arrested, showing them how to you know, get their uh, their resume together and get into the industry. I was like, that's that's fantastic. in my mind. The R3, just like the uh, Lost Prisoner Project with TGI and just like the seed program with Cresco, is all a tool for father, meaning they all use those terms. They all use those things as a justification to, to make white men legal drug dealers. So you put forth these initiatives that you never really have any real true intention on performing. And and and, um, and and any money that has gone out goes to the proverbial same groups that hasn't done nothing before marijuana. So you still continue to fund and feed people that that fit your social narrative or your political agenda. So with me, I'm not going to bite my tongue. I'm not going to kiss your ass. I'm not going to be your puppet or your boy. I'm going to stand on. Hold on one second. 
I'm gonna stand on actual true uh 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 change and social social change, political change, economic change. So persons like me would never receive our organization wouldn't receive funding from those groups because I'm not gonna play the games that they want us to play to get their dollars. But I'm gonna continue to do the work that I do. Regardless. Well, I don't think it was very transparent about how to apply. Like I, I never saw any grants um, to receive that money. I run a nonprofit theater company. I would have been even able if, to give back if, in a way, but I didn't see those. Even if grants. they're not transparent on how to apply, anytime white men can make a $100 million a month in Illinois, uh, uh, selling marijuana. You you don't need a PPP. Uh, you don't need a, a, a R3 Illinois program. Those groups alone can find organizations and groups to see so that they can build capacity to be the organizations to take care of their own issues and circumstances in the community. That's what we want to do anyway. I don't want an outside group. When you look at R3, when you look at um. Uh, those uh that new leaf you got all white men and women who never been to prison and who never been victim of anything they are over funds saying this is what they are over funds claiming to represent our community and the disenfranchisement of our community you don't want to be crazy. a face to a front company correct yeah yeah, yeah. which you shouldn't a, have to be tyron raised a great point though as far as the uh the licenses that aren't available to people with convictions like here in Washington state, I know guys who got arrested in Washington state. And then when it became recreational legal, couldn't get a license. And now they're worth millions of dollars. I mean, yeah, they, they, they define the conviction. And so like provided you were caught with 500 grams or less of weed, your social equity. But that goes to show you the, the inadequacies and the bullshit behind all like Tyrone, you're speaking about like when you go to prison, you should get all this, uh, That'd be saying like if prisons were meant to be about reform, period, but they're not. It's right. all about you being a body in this motherfucking machine. And then, you know, and it's not okay. Anytime a prison can sue the government because they don't have prisoners, we have issues. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't think we should talk about it as if it's a thing that's happening. Um, and huh? I think we need to talk about it as a thing that it's happening and it's not okay. And it's going right. to change. We're going to change it. And uh, we're not going to be seeing that anymore. We're, we're going to take those steps to verbally say out loud, this is not okay. And we're going to support the groups that are going to make those changes. My goal, my goal is to blow the whole industry up, meaning that it's clear that there's been a civil rights violation. They don't want us to do this because just like a law has cool. something has been transformed and made legal, it can also be reversed. If enough of us stand up to say, hey, you have, and I want to do a, a Supreme Court case, uh, or, or first I might have to sue the state of Illinois and the cannabis industry. I sue all of them in their individual capacity to say, um, you all benefited from the war on drugs, yet you provide no opportunity towards the reformation and repair of the damage that the government caused on bodies. And, and, and built the prison systems across the state of Illinois and across the country off of off of black men and women. Now I'm and brown, but I, but mostly black men. Now I'm saying that we hold a, we hold this evil diabolical plan and plot now to make lead we legal 
and could and give us expunge, man, uh, 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 as falling short and repairing the damage that was caused. So we really think we should go back to the drawing board, Your Honor, to reissue and to re, re redefine what that looked like. And I'm sure then those big cannabis companies will be crazy running towards us saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. We already making billions. Let's not go that far. Let's figure out how to get at the issue. But we have to hit them in their pockets. We have to file lawsuits and tie up the courts with their bodies in order for them to hear us. And we also need to um, start protesting JP Pritzker and and let him know that we're not going to be yes. voting him in <laughs> again. Uh, the fact that he has ignored us for all of well, and months. the thing about it is, yeah, go ahead. Oh, she froze. She oh no, <laughs> too bad. She was about to snap the something. Bring me back. Oh. The bad so part is, uh, those calls. I think uh, uh, the and within there. Oh, oh we missed. We missed so what you said. Can you hear me? I thank you for having me on. I have to go to a meeting. I was trying to get on earlier, but I need you to make sure everyone has my information, my number, oh, email, and we have to build this national movement. Whereas, um, um, the equity and finding those affected persons or whatever, we have to repair that, and we have to get these companies to understand. Just because you give up taxes, don't mean you have done your fair share. You yeah. should match the tax dollars that you give towards those organizations and towards those uh, uh, formerly incarcerated persons to help in uh, uh, repairing them because you benefit from it. You benefit from an industry that is inherently wicked. You have benefited from an industry or a system or legislation that is inherently wicked. We can't forget that. Yeah. Thanks for joining, Tyrone. Yeah, Tyrone, thank you so much for joining us. And Victoria, Anna Rose, thank you so much. Where can we go to find and follow what you guys got going on at uh, True Social Equity app uh, in Cannabis? Um, so True Social Equity in Cannabis is just on Instagram and YouTube right now. Um, that's where you can find it. Awesome. And hopefully we can get a list of those demands so we can include them in the description. Thanks again for joining and thanks for tuning in. Everyone, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Wednesday.